0: Welcome back to Mike Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 163 today. We are going to be discussing UFOs and altered states and consciousness and all that jazz with, uh, we got our good buddy back here, Sean Cahill. Uh, If you don't know who Sean is, he is a retired chief petty officer who was stationed on the USS Princeton during the USS Nemitz Tic Tac incident in November, I believe, 2004. So what was that? Coming up on about 16 years now.
2: Yeah, it's just uh, this past November
0: 14th. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so I have his information down below. You can check out his website, and he's pretty active on Twitter as well. What is it? Is it Minty Hyperspace?
2: Yeah. yeah all of my handles online are Minty Hyperspace. All
0: right. So check that out. I have the links down below. Uh, and you can check us out at com, And uh, you can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash mind escape Podcast. Maybe we'll do a short little Patreon at the end with Sean here and uh, maybe get some juicy tidbits in at the end. Um, and also head on over to Indra's Web at indrasweb.org and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live. We're just waiting for the media stuff to cool down here with everything that's going on. Hopefully it's sooner than later. Um, and the app is designed for rational discourse on all the topics we discuss. I know Sean. I got you on there. We're gonna try and get you active on there and get you a nice uh, a group on there. So really looking forward to that. All right. Well, let's do this. So, how are you?
2: I'm doing really good, I'm in, I'm in a good place these days. Um, I feel real fortunate. Um, you know, with the way everything's been going and everything, I feel like uh, I got a good headspace and uh, heart space these days to make decisions. How about you? Two?
0: Yeah, just hanging in there, right? Just uh, staying safe, staying put, trying to be creative and just keep the show going and just stay as busy as possible.
1: Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head there. All you can really do is just create stuff. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate that we're artists in many ways, so we can hunker down and just be happy creating. That's all we can do, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And in a lot of ways, it's more important than ever now because people need somewhere to turn.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's why we don't really talk about a lot of the political or social stuff on here because I want people, this is like a place where people can come and just, you know, learn something new and not have anything crammed down their throat and just, hey, this is, you know, these are the greater questions of life, like, who are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? That kind of stuff, you know, so... Um, but I think
2: if we're lucky this stuff we're going to talk about is the kind of things that are going to solve the problems that we're all we all seem to be stuck in these days
0: for sure it's all about the bigger picture and yeah. trying to push humanity along and uh, you know get everybody on the same page as much as possible it'll Absolutely. never all be on the same page but um, yeah. so what's new is there anything as far as news goes that you know anything you've heard uh, on, on the grapevine or
2: I, you know, one of those guys that um, I, I often—I don't try not to peddle stuff, but um, I'm I'm very positive right now about um, the things that I'm hearing. I can't be too specific on them because most of the people that are involved are either journalists that are either embargoed or it's their scoop. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk in the weeds out there, especially on UFO Twitter, that is uh, it's quite far off the mark. Um, so a lot of people, and that's unfortunate. But I think people need to stay grounded with with the things that we've, um, the strides that we've made in the past, and 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 the things that are going to get us where we want to be. Um, I know everybody wants a bombshell. But everybody has always has a different idea of what that bombshell is going to be. And unfortunately, in ufology, bombshells always come with with words like alien or e or disclosure. And what I'm saying is that we're, we're making, we're trying to make progress here. Um, progress is not about yelling fire and getting everyone's attention per se. It's about building consensus and building understanding to do that. We need scientifically backed data. Um, we need government validation that has um, gravitas and meaning behind it. That isn't some flippant statement from a, uh, from a random public affairs officer who may only be doing bidding of a lower echelon flag officer who thinks that their opinion counts in this matter and they've never been briefed on it. So um, it's one of the reasons tonight, if I'm gonna plug anything, I will plug the uh, UAP task force. I'm wearing one of uh, Dan Zetterman's t-shirts. But the UAP task force that's being set up in Washington and that's being in some ways you know, built out of the out of the mist in a lot of ways. Um, I really think that's where we're going to be looking in the future to see the very serious answers or or to see the serious research and to see the the serious conclusions that we're going to be able to plant flags in and really move forward, because Mm -hmm. some of the stuff that I'm seeing and some of the things that I'm hearing, I think, are going to turn heads because they're going to change the way that we've thought of things before and the way that we're going to have to think of them in the future. And I think some of the things that we're going to be looking forward to um, are really going to allow us to finally start somewhere um, in a real manner and to stop asking the same questions over and over again. Um, There will always be questions, but I'm really looking forward to an entity that's going to be able to, a governmental entity that is, since we may talk about entities. Watch
1: out now. Watch out now.
2: Early on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) People get get up in their seat. Did he say entity? Uh, I really think a governmental entity that is going to help us set baseline. When did we start studying this? Uh, What does it mean to us right now? What does it represent to the U.S. government or the military who may or may not have more information elsewhere in their apparatus? So, While I enjoy um, the ins and outs of UFO Twitter, and I have a lot of friends in ufology, I don't think that we're going to be able... We haven't been able to get the answers out of ufology yet. Not ones that the public stand firm on um, or that provide us the foundation that we need to finally bring in the academics and the scientists who right now are afraid to touch the subject. Um, So... I. That's what I see coming. So a lot of the buzz you see on UFO Twitter is constantly talking about things. I'm always being asked if if this thing is going to be released or if this thing is real and everybody's guessing all over the place. And I don't don't like playing guessing games. I'm hopeful. Um, But I also know that just about anything in this realm can evaporate overnight because those of us who are having these discussions, we're not privy to the the behind-the-scenes... Control structures, which is another favorite phrase of you know folks that are going to be watching this tonight, but these control structures exist at all aspects of our society. So the fact that some of these are obscured from us and we don't even get to know what's going on are some things we're probably going to have to get more used to.
0: <clears throat> Absolutely, and yeah, shout out to uh at the signal on Twitter as you mentioned. Um. Also, uh, shout out to Chris Wolford and everybody, UFO Twitter. We love you. Um, and But like you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, nonsense, too. So I think that you have to just, um, you know, you have to have kind of a discerning eye for what's going on, as you mentioned, and not let some of the more salacious or... Um, think you know like we all want to believe right i mean i think that that as humans we all want to believe something crazy is out there something crazy is going to happen um and for the most part i think that uh we us- that usually falls short but i think uh there's something about humanity right that like keeps inching us along there's these mysteries that keep popping up and it keeps yeah you know, furthering our interest even more into what's out there. What's even what's inward, you know, we'll get get into meditation and stuff, but you know, what's going on inside too, what's going on inside your mind, what's going on inside, uh, you know, what's going on with consciousness, you know? So uh, Mm -hmm. I think you you brought up some good points there. And I think that you mentioned last time you were on that you thought that ufology needs to die. And I actually agree with that to a certain extent because I'm so sick of seeing fake pictures, CGI videos I'm so sick of that. It's oh, like, what, what's, boy. what's going on with this stuff? It's like, and if you go on Facebook, it's even worse. Cause there's literally people that are like, Oh my God, that's an awesome video. Where was that taken? And it's like the most fake video yeah. I've ever seen. So, um, <laughs> I think you, you need to, uh, like I said, take it, you know, be able to discern what's what in this, in that regard.
2: In a lot of ways, I feel like we have an uphill climb because we've lost trust and trust in this country, um, we have enough um, outliers that constantly poison the well, regardless of of how anyone feels about it. There's always enough dissent nowadays to say something is fake news. Um, it, It almost doesn't matter what subject it is. And so I find that really interesting, that at a time when a country that used to value, well, it used to be truth, justice in American way, not fake news, you know, obfuscation and and get away with it. But I don't mean, I don't mean to bring, I'm not, I'm not making this about politics. I'm only making it about the psychological zeitgeist that nobody knows what the hell is real anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we've found this, this new thing has moved itself onto center stage with us. And I think that that's going to play into our later conversations because we're You and I are talking, when we talk UFOs, we're struggling to talk about something people see as nuts and bolts craft piloted by beings that are unknown, probably they assume from far away. That's the bubble that's around it. But those people who are only aware of the nuts and bolts aspect and have never touched on anything uh, by the likes of the greats like Jacques Vallée or some someone of... of amazing um, catalog, if they're not aware of the trickster aspect of, of the phenomenon, if they haven't been informed about uh, the idea that things like abductions or physical evidence have a certain credence, um, they're, these are all different facets of something. And we could spend hours on any one of those facets. And right now we're just trying to get people to realize that there is something solid in here and appearing on radar and appearing on video and harassing our forces and intruding upon our our nuclear weapons system sites. um, In some cases, activating or deactivating weapons systems. All of these things are, are enough to, to rattle people without getting into the idea that this is going to mess with you as a as a paradigm. So your audience is a very nuanced audience, um, a very well educated and, and well versed in, in a lot of disparate areas that most folks are may never even touch in a lifetime. And so there are so many aspects and so. Many to come at this from, um, I do fear that data collection is going to be really tough. And that so if, if we don't have something that we can trust, if we don't have an entity that we feel is above BS, um, that's willing to report within the guidelines of the law, everything that we're supposed to get back, um, I don't see how we can ever go forward with this. I don't see how you can ever start moving around grant money and funding and things like that that have to set up the proper infrastructure to study this. Mm -hmm. Because while I'm wholly behind um, grassroots efforts and private efforts and efforts in the private sector, I think TTSA is amazing. Uh, I wholly support um, Steve McDaniel at Skyhub and his team. Support uh, Chase Williams and the X100 program that he's building. These are folks that I talk to on a daily basis. And all of us are are wholly concerned with the nuts and bolts aspect, but these are small these are small groups of people, and they face this uphill climb of okay, i've I've put my life savings into developing a sensor suite that I have the proprietary control over that is open source and that I'm willing to share with anyone. And now everybody, everybody just wants the data, you know, where, where does a guy like that go? He's, so if, if we can get somebody like the UAPTF to start establishing baseline on these things, then those smaller programs and to include, include larger programs like TTSA, you know, that already have, you know, budgets and are already working with the sec and stuff like that. This is going to allow that flow that things really happen. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that 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 contact me, and they're they're worried. They're worried that these things are going to going to get pulled back into the black, and that the UAPTF is going to is going to suck all of this up and just give it away to the military-industrial complex, et cetera. And while I understand any constituents con- constituents concerns over where the money goes in our defense apparatus anything that moves forward with the UAPTF in the public eye is positive the fact that we have a UAPTF is incredible so everybody wants to get ahead of all of these worries and this paranoia that they have and we're just barely trying to like get the lights turned on in the conference room and maybe get a press conference Mm -hmm. you know and so we need more people, and, that, and that's why when I say we need more people, we need more people who understand this, who aren't politically motivated and who aren't um, approaching these new ideas as as paranoid stigmatized rantings um we need more people to do the research that came out of or to look at the research that came out of skinwalker ranch and not just at the entertainment uh things that are being um uh, showing the general public on television um so i think it's imperative that we have someone like the uaptf there to frankly just provide that bedrock and i think we're there
0: yeah it's interesting and um I do see more of these research groups popping up, and I think that's good. I, I mentioned it on, I don't know what exact episode, but I th- think of this as like a market, like competition drives creativity and ingenuity, and the more uh, different groups or research collectives or whatever is going on, I think the better because it's just going to push the other people to do harder research and you know push things along further. And I think it'll actually give us a, a clearer picture um sooner than later if in in that regard too, it the you know the the waters won't be as muddied if there's more information out there um so when you look at what's going on now um you know the people are like you mentioned you know you can't probably say anything but there's a lot of excitement and people are excited for what's to come and everything um do you think that you know are they gonna maybe Again, I know, I know you can't really say anything, but do you think that there's more videos coming, or do you think it's data, or do you think it's uh, more pilot or eyewitness accounts, or what do you think in that regards?
2: I think all I think all of the above are things that we're gonna see, in the near enough uh, the data exists. I think what's most important right now are relationships. Um, pathways of information flow. Um, as well as accountability and responsibility. So, a lot. While I do believe that the, that the the glossy rock and roll side that everybody wants to see, you know, a clear picture. Um, oh, oh, my kingdom for a clear picture from a from a government entity. Um, but I think that those things are constrained. That's the problem, I think that if 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 the data were horses, they're chomping at the bit and they're pulling it, and they're pulling at the reins and they're they're huffing <laughs> want out, and the people want the data, but it's not a simple task to get the things that seem to be as mired down as those are out and you have to you always have to convince people that the people you're going to give that information to have a need to know um that's that's the fire right there that the American people have to light under themselves is a pragmatic need to know, uh-huh. um, and there seems to be details that have. And I'm not saying I'm privy to those details. I don't know what they mm, are. I'm I saying think
3: you are.
2: I'm saying the lack of transparency over the course of this 70-year investigation has led me to believe it, that the answers are not simple. This is, if this was aliens from glip glop, this would be no problem. I mean, it's, it's simple. Everybody gets that already. They've right. gotten that for a long time. Um, so it, it's again, there it's up in the air as to where we want to go. Um, but there's, there's a reality to this. There's, to this that numerous professionals have dealt with for decades and decades and i i was having a conversation with a colleague today um i don't think he's anyone that anyone would know so they, they don't need to guess but he was we were he was incredulously sticking to a specific point on a specific case that i felt was just cut and dry simple to understand already in the public view And I basically said to him, look, I said, I'm a law enforcement guy, Um, so my need to know only goes up to a certain level, professional, uh, regardless of the level of of, um, clearance I hold. And I said to him, I said, hey, man, in your line of work, people talk about secrets. And he goes, "Uh, no, not unless they have a need to know. And I go, right, Nobody, nobody just sits around yakking about secrets that are theirs. And if you're, if you're in this line of work that has to keep secrets because of National Security Act and, and, uh, and non-disclosure agreements and things like that, there's too much at risk. You understand the, the reasons behind it. And nobody talks, about, uh, nobody talks about their own secrets. They talk about other people's secrets. So that's another thing people have to understand is a lot of the things that you see flying around, if someone's talking about it, it means they either broke no they're bullshitting pardon the, the blunt yeah, you're fine. But Say whatever you there's want. there's so much of it so much of it that goes down and um that, that's why I, I guess i keep circling back to UAPTF. i really got like this huge you know i mean and no one no one asked me to do squat this is my t-shirt i pay you know i I bought this because i like dan you know this this ain't the t-shirt for the task force hmm. you know et cetera. So, um, I'm just real jazzed about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I, Um, I, like I said, I like the excitement. I like the creativity and looking for ways to kind of validate or look for data and that kind of stuff. Um, so we had you on, I think it was episode 127. So we had you on a little bit ago, uh, and that we focused on, you know, the, the tic-tac incident and your point of view of that and that, you know, you were on, what was that episode three of season one of unidentified your story and your, uh, recreation of your, uh, encounter and all that. So, um, when you look back at that now and you look, um, you like, does your point of view change on like what you experienced over time? Like meaning that, um, I recently had a weird thing happen, like an orb, thing with my dad we were in his backyard uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit but my my question is like each day that passes I think about it a little bit differently so like since you had your experience um, on the uh, USS Princeton has your point of view changed at all or is it like an ever evolving kind of a thing
2: it, it changed a great deal um, I think I ranged all over the territory that I could have since then to now um most of my life i was a fan of of ufos i thought they were cool um when i was a kid they were they were something i was interested in um prior to the military i had a few interesting um at the time i thought they were just neat experiences but i i didn't see them in the vein of being paranormal they were just weird things happened um Fast forward to 2004, I'm a very different individual. Um, I'm a newly pinned chief petty officer that is in charge of good order and discipline on a warship. And um, I'm at that age. I'm 26 years old. I made it relatively early. Made it made chief in eight and a half years. And uh, that guy was deathly afraid of, of making sure he always did the right thing. Uh, um, I was a person that, in that job, I wasn't always on point, trust me um there's plenty of guys probably gary and uh, gary Voorhees and jason turner and kevin day would be some of the first people that could tell you that uh that i was not always on point but um look back at that and that was a that was a young man trying to grow up trying to really finally put on his big boy pants for the first time um so I was a i was a very uh down-to-earth guy in that Um, Under Earth, meaning I didn't believe anything above it. Uh, I wasn't. And it was fantastic to me. But the way the chain of command command reacted, um, I could not. It was incredulous that they they didn't seem to care, that the captain didn't care. Uh, And that really solidified for me. Well, there's nothing paranormal out there. Um, This is probably our program. And that's what's up. And I actually really disagreed with it i, I ended up figuring out I, my um my above top secret username <laughs> <laughs> and that from the time when I went back and was able to see that and I'm, there's no way in hell I'm going to tell anybody what that was. but um, I was really against almost every aspect of ufology. I was a hardcore skeptic who thought that things like orbs um anything to do with psi uh anything to do with consciousness was garbage um i was completely without knowledge ensconced in a materialist worldview um based on what happened on on board princeton with the tic-tac um that's a simple fast forward all the way to me retiring uh, in 2015 and I found out when I took off my uniform, I'd completely identified with being a chief petty officer. And I didn't know who the hell I was anymore. Um, I just didn't know how to operate. I was in bad shape got myself and we can seg into, uh, into psychedelics here in a minute too, cause it's the perfect opportunity. But, um, I was so low that I had a an experience in um, in the mirror. Um, It was a very emotional moment. I was making eye contact with myself for a very long time, long period of time, and I was I was doing everything I can to, as a person who didn't believe, to try to find a soul inside of myself and to reach it and to talk to it. Because I felt like the son of a bitch that was on the other side of this over here was ruining everything for everyone around him. Because he was too selfish. Um, It it doesn't matter what it was. Whatever I looked at, I felt like I needed to rant to gain respect and control. And it finally dawned on me. I was like, it doesn't matter how wrong I think everyone else in my world is. I don't want to be this anymore, mm. and I have a family. I have, I have a wife, and I have two um, teenage daughters. So the option that a lot of people choose for a quick exit's not on the table. It's mm. not. It's not in my cards or in my heart to do that. So, and I knew that immediately in that moment, and I had to suck it up and um, tell myself we're going to change. That I wanted to be good more than anything. And I felt something happen in my chest. Um, and the only reason that I'm willing to, to, to recount this story is because I, can, I, I already knew what a panic attack felt like. I'd been in the emergency room for it numerous times since I retired. I already knew what a heart attack felt like. I'd had one off the coast of Africa while on the USS Macon Island and had to be medevaced to, to Germany on a Learjet. Um,
0: did you lose consciousness when you had that heart attack
2: no but I, I did have an out of body experience when, I, when they put in my stent at Landstuhl Army because uh, I was going to say
0: most uh, cardiac arrests where you go unconscious usually result in like a um, traditional near death experience where people you know, leave their body and go to a different yeah. spatial realm and meet their loved ones or something along those lines
2: not for me I did um, when they did my stent I had uh, an OBE that the, the origin of which is the origin of me studying astral projection and the Monroe technique and things like that was the fact that so they this tattoo that I have right here if you can see this mm-hmm. squiggle is my um, EKG from, the, from my heart attack I was actually on the table when I had it um, I had come up so you could even, so, so here's, this is fun, because we're going to get a little paranormal tonight, so I'm sorry yeah, for baby. the folks that are like, <laughs> no, he's getting aw- he's getting away from nuts and bolts, <clears throat> but um, you could say that I had a little precog with it, because I was in medical 20 or 40 minutes before my heart attack, complaining of, uh, of pains and all of these other, and these other symptoms, and they pulled my blood and checked for troponin and all of these other things, and everything was normal. Everything was completely normal, but I was sure I was having a heart attack. And uh, they sent me back down to the the chief petty officer's berthing to to get some rest. I'd been working too hard, et cetera, because I had been. I'd, I'd been. I was a horrible drinker, smoker, strict case, up till two o'clock in the morning, then up again at four o'clock. You know, um, and and it showed. Um, and so I popped, but. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, the tattoo that I have here, um, I put it here because they tried to put the the um, the angiogram. You know the the thing with, that goes all the way to your heart. They tried right. to go through my my wrist, and it got all the way up to the shoulder, and the vein collapsed oh, on damn. the uh, on the on the catheter. So they had to remove it. Well, that was when that happened. Apparently, that's when I started remembering things from 25 feet up, because it was a very large room that had a lot of different equipment in it. And I was in this interesting stabilized chair that they gave me a uh, I guess I could go back through my medical record and find out what the anesthesia was. But it was one that gave let me maintain a certain amount of consciousness. They said they said, you're not going to go completely out. Now, I think they put me. The drug put me in a theta state, honestly,
3: Hmm.
2: Um, pretty pretty quickly and simply. But from my point of view, I didn't know anything about that stuff back then. My point of view, though, my consciousness was up on the ceiling. And I watched the doctor put his foot on the armrest of the chair to get leverage. You know, that steady leverage you would probably need to pull (laughs) out, you know, because the vein seized on I watched him doing this with, you know, the, the head tilt feeling of a, of a mm. confused dog and looking around the room and going, oh, they're having a hard time. And since I've been able to induce that experience since then, now I know this is something I was doing in my childhood uh, during periods of, uh, of trauma, let's say, without getting into family family stuff. Um, uh, so there were a lot of these things for me. and in my anecdotal experience, I was able to line up relatively quickly with other people's data based on the books that they had written and, and, the, and the things that had come across. Mm. So anyways, we're kind of far afield from.
0: No, no, this is changes. interesting. No, it's not that. I mean, because on
1: your adventure.
0: Well, this is about altered states too. I would consider that hundred percent what you just mentioned on an altered state. Um, now, when you look at like that experience and then, the ufo experience and um is there any crossover in your mind in terms of like a connection between the two or anything that like um any hallmarks of like you know because a lot of people when they see stuff in the sky there there is some sort of accompanying altered perception or altered state or something like that did you have any of that or
2: so I've got some experiences with missing time um, that had other people present. Uh, some adventurous things. A good friend of mine, the drummer for the band I was in in high school, and I were coming home um, from some, probably from band practice, headed up the hill in San Jose towards my sister's house, and we both saw a very large football-shaped green meteor go across the top. What we called a meteor go over the top of the mountains relatively slowly with, um, a small, small trail of, of, um, coming out the back. Mm -hmm. Um, now I know plenty, I know plenty about meteors and, you know, nickel iron and reentry and how different things, magnesium and other different things flare under different conditions and what the colors mean and all that. So at the time we, we were a couple of nerds. We thought it was just a meteor. Um, But it was weird enough that I I remember saying to him, and I know our memories are quite flawless, but I remember saying to him, since we were only about a quarter of a mile away from where we were headed, let's not talk about what we saw. Let's get to the house, and let's separate, and let's draw it. Because if if that looked real, whatever the hell that was, let's let's see if we saw the same. You know, we were those kind of kids. Mm -hmm. You know, so... He stayed in the kitchen. I went in the, I was, and I was being a real jackass about it. He's like, just sit mm-hmm. here. And I'm like, no, one of us is going to look at each other's papers. We're never going to know unless we try to like make this science y, you know? And um, I went in the, in the dining room and we came back and we saw the exact same thing. And the way I remember it, I thought we had some other friends over that night and maybe wrote a couple of songs and hung out. Those other friends don't remember coming over to the house that night writing songs and hanging out they don't remember that night at all Mm. and the guy that i was with swears to god that we drove over the mountain and we went all the way up to the to the uh james lick observatory on the top of mount hamilton chasing this (laughs) freaking green light i don't remember any of that and he won't talk to me about it anymore Mm. he one day called me up intoxicated and upset and said here's what happened and i mean that's a story you know that's to other people that's a crazy story to me that's another anecdotal event in a weird life with a lot of different things that have happened and basically from 2004 up until about 2000 late 2015 with one with one Honestly, I'd have to check my notes because I forget all the crap that I've written down. But with one major exception, about five months after the, um, the Tic Tac incident, I had a black triangle sighting here in San Diego. Um, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't the one that everybody talks about. It wasn't this TR3B that everybody right. talks about with, with three white lights and a red one in the center. Um this was an equilateral equilateral black mat triangle that had to be at least a half a mile wide. Wow. And it was coming in due east on the same track that most of the jets from the um from El Centro and, and Brownfield and other airports. Sounds out
0: like to the, the east. one that they that was mentioned in the Phoenix lights, like not the one where people see the lights, but the prior one that people talk about. I think who was it like Kurt Russell or somebody? Got a good look mm. at it, something like that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah
2: listened to his account.
0: Yeah, well, he was. They said uh, a pilot had seen something. Uh, he was. He ended up being the pilot. I think he has his pilot's license, but mm-hmm. um, of course, uh, if I remember that correctly. But yeah, the so the black triangle was different. It was more. It had like pointy edges as opposed to like curved edges. Is that what you're?
2: you know on the as far as the edges go i my feeling was that this thing was curved in general like that it had smooth okay. edges um, but what really got me about it was so i just finished there and to me it's always interesting what is what are the s- circumstances surrounding something what was a person's mood when they had the sighting what were you doing previously to it is there any way that we can gauge gauge your generalized state blood pressure mood and possibly brain state. Now it's only guesses and it's only extrapolation. But, but I had been outside um in the zone. I had been in a flow state playing a political video game called uh I don't think it's around anymore so uh E-Republic. And it was a um it was a game of political intrigue and writing and it had a little war algorithm that was just a random number generator based on population size with some random factors in it. Um, but I was doing that for, if it was probably, I think it was around midnight or one o'clock in the morning. So I'd probably been doing it for at least three hours. The kids were probably in bed. I was even still wearing my uniform. I was hmm. wearing my khakis still. And um, it snapped the computer shut. And this was a long time ago. I lit a cigarette and I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, I'm looking east and I realized that on this completely clear night, the, the stars that I'm seeing are, are going out and then coming back from the horizon coming Mm -hmm. towards me and i'm trying to figure it out and as it gets about right up almost above me it's when i start really discerning the shape because there were no lights on it whatsoever so i don't know if there was there was moonlight that night i'm thinking that there must have been based on how much it was illuminated Mm -hmm. um there was no engine noise and that, that's the thing that really got me was because I was waiting to put my hands above my ears because I thought that I was seeing probably the next gen B2, you know, or, or something like that. It didn't match anything I'd seen before, um, in popular mechanics like the Aurora or anything. Yeah. That's what they look like.
0: Kind of right. Like a, the triangle kind of looks like the B2, but the B2 just got that cut out at the back
2: yeah, this was equilateral. This was completely equilateral. And it was about about only about a thousand feet above. Hmm. And it was freaking huge, man. and and there's like there was no sound. It just the wind going over the outside of the craft could be heard. And it went over this huge palm tree um, is what I'm looking at it go over in my yard. And I ran the length of the um the sidewalk in my yard and jumped up on this. A really sturdy table that my buddies and I had built that had a wooden um, umbrella. I broke the umbrella off, Mm. steadying myself as I watched this thing tip over on its wing. Just immediately sweep south, southeast, and its aspect shrunk. So I wouldn't say it zipped, but boy, did it accelerate with no sound and move faster than things we see. So Mm. not this instantaneous stuff that we talk about. Sure. But, um, so over that didn't change anything for me again, where it was coming from, what it looked like. It was a natural progression of events. And I was just like, damn, guess we figured out anti-gravity or something, you know, Mm. and that was a long time ago. That was 2005, January or February of 2005. I still didn't believe in any of that until I retired. And what did it was that it began with the heart attack, the out of body experience. Then, what I'm assuming was my heart chakra opening up later on. Okay. Eventually, I had to learn how to meditate because Sam Harris told me it would calm me down. And I believed him, um, pragmatic atheist. Hmm. So if he believed in, in, in meditation. Then there must be something there. And he said that I didn't have to believe in God if I wanted to meditate. And I didn't have to do all of this other stuff. And he still doesn't. He still is real cagey about He just says there's something nifty on the, you know when you get to samadhi
0: yeah he's weird when he listening to his like trip reports and because i think he's had some psychedelic experience but i, I think that oh yeah, yeah it's it's um it seems like he fights his own mind in that regard like you can well, tell you
1: say there's something weird at yeah the end you can tell, you
0: tell he's head? seen and experienced weird things but just like the way he talks about yeah. it he tries to be he as like want cool you know uh, yeah exactly
2: but i think he gets to keep an odd. Will never entertain this stuff as long as he doesn't give up the goods. So, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: uh, um, it be that from there and this, I'm I'm running a risk here, but um, this is my this is my spiritual practice. This has nothing to do with the decisions I make in regards to you know nuts and bolts and, and national security and things like that. But um, that's just to set some of the folks at ease that some of these things might freak out. But I then spent enough time in meditation to experience some things and sam's the first person to say don't talk about it and generally i don't think the cds are something that you should be talking about but that's the kind of show we're on tonight so i'm okay i'm totally fine with it but i began to i, I had some visions um and basically all of my tattoos and it's only these these six of them right but they all represent something that occurred in consciousness or not and um very simply they're a yin yang they're a um a endless not there's something that i designed myself this was from my heart attack and my out of body experience this is a simple uh well i can't even think right now but it's a zen symbol it's killing me i can't think of it um and then this one i designed myself to remind me of how i think about um three dimensions of space plus one at a time and whatever happens to possibly be on the other side of all of it. Mm. And so the last five years since 2015 have been really interesting for the amount of new things that I've accepted because of anecdotal evidence. Um, I very quickly in mid-2015, began practicing. I got my hands on the Monroe CDs um I had found as I was bored one day searching the CIA archives and uh looked up some stuff. I think I had I'd read a few books by um I read a book by Russell Targ and one by Hal Put Off at the time and was interested in those things and mm-hmm. so I started doing some research into it and a couple of guys had showed up on Utah, I'm not Courtney Brown, I hadn't seen him y- him yet. He's been around for quite a while, but another guy who's since gone who came out of corporate remote viewing. And that really blew my mind to find out that, first of all, that, these, that the movie I'd seen, Men Who Stare at Goats, was a parody of real things, first mm. of all. Uh-huh. That all of these programs existed. That a lot of people put a lot of money, time, and effort into vetting them. And all this appeared. And then here's this guy, this young twenty-something guy, who's showing up on YouTube claiming to be a remote viewer, and, and he sets himself up, and you know, and, and I, I'm I'm not going to give him a hard time. i making a living at it. That's what he was there to do. So you know, he's all paywalled up and everything like that. It's all cool. Um, and I'm just I'm blown away. And so this kind of opened a lot of doors for me. And so that started opening doors for me into, well, what are the other things that the government's completed programs on? And so I went down the rabbit hole of legitimizing the idea that one of the secrets that's being kept is consciousness. And if not the meaning behind it, at least the fact that the boundaries of consciousness and the boundaries of our abilities are wider, granted more subtle than we think, the wider than we think. And our abilities are pretty pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And these abilities, if practiced on a large scale, would immediately change the world. Um, But, i'm i don't I don't know how we get a guy like me who basically went through hell, decided he wanted to be a human being to be happy and then realized there was an entire other universe out there. If that's presented the wrong way, you shut down everything you were trying to do immediately for the people who can't touch that so Not everybody has a pension. Not everybody's retired and gets to spend 18 hours a day learning and meditating and and doing cognitive therapy and going to places where you can ingest psilocybin without being arrested. Um, Or, you know, which let's be real. That's a, a, it's in a lot of ways and you and I, we can discuss this too, but, the idea the, of making some of these therapeutic uh, fungi legal, the best part about it is removing the, the last vestiges of fear that come along with doing something that, you're, that your society tells you that you're not allowed to do and that you're a deviant for doing.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, is we know that's where a lot of our traditions actually come from. You look at the hallucinian mysteries, you look at... Uh, the mystery schools you look at alchemy you look at all these uh traditions throughout history all incorporated psychedelic use understood psychedelics as compounds used them as um, medicines and different things Um, and now you have science catching up again you have the whole you know i think obviously with the whole mk ultra and um you know the hippie stuff and I think that all that stuff kind of muddied the waters and they're like, well, we can't control or understand any of this, so we'll just make it all yeah. illegal. Um, and in in that regard, I think that did a huge disservice to the whole mental health, uh, you know, crisis mm-hmm. and issue. And at the time, look, I think that this is part of our evolution. We're at a point now where we have more time and space to think than we've ever had before. And for me somebody that has OCD and has used psilocybin to heal and treat myself uh, I've talked about it many times on this podcast I wrote a blog about it you know I've been pretty open about it um when you look at that um like you you're right there's lots of countries where it's illegal and, and all these different things but you, we have to going forward I mean you look at what Oregon did with uh legalization recently and um you know I think that there'll be some Some states coming across, you know, maybe in the next uh, cycle and everything. And we'll just keep trying to push it forward similar to how marijuana has been pushed forward. But like I I was mentioning with my mental health stuff, though, is um, these are things that um, I've been through all the therapies. I've been to all the psychiatrists, psychologists. I've done all the things. The most helpful thing to me has been CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy therapy and psilocybin the psilocybin allows the cbt to take hold and allows you to do the work that you need to do it kind of resets your you mind you can't just
2: do drugs and you don't no. do the inner work yeah
0: it's yeah, not it's just,
3: that's, that's just doing drugs
0: on. yeah exactly
2: yeah, yeah. so and don't get me wrong there's people out there that do that do their own uh administering and their own therapy and all all that i'm trying to say about that is is I'm not even saying that you can't utilize these things in a fashion, but I'm saying if we're talking about therapy, everybody should know that it's not just do something to kill yourself. You know, I wish it was that simple.
0: Yeah. I'm a proponent of more options and whatever works for the individual. I'm not somebody that's saying, oh, "Oh, we all need to get on this – you know train right. or do do this specific thing that's not i think f- yeah. what what i think is going to get this thing pushed across the finish line is what i'm talking about which is just more options yes yeah, some people are going to respond well to conventional treatment i was not one of those people so i was fortunate sure. enough that i had already had a relationship with these psychoactive compounds from my earlier years in high school and i knew what they were and it, something clicked in my brain and It kind of all came together, but not every, like you said, not everybody's so lucky. Not everybody lives in places where these things are available uh, or legal or whatever. There's a
2: learning curve. There's a learning curve, too, because you you and I both know a heroic dose on your first time for someone who doesn't know what to expect can be horrible. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, we've always, yeah,
0: we've always (laughs) gone to Irwid, uh, you know, and Irwid is a great resource because they not only have trip reports, it shows you uh, the, uh, um dosages and thresholds and all that kind of stuff so i think that yeah five grams in silent darkness for somebody yeah. that's never done it is not the way to go however one yeah. one to 1. 1.5 and being around people who you love and you know it's a good set and setting that might be the right thing you know so
2: yeah yeah like anything it requires education and training but um i'm so hopeful i'm so hopeful and i don't mean to sound like a gatekeeper with it you know, you're gonna have people who are like, "Man, let me do my drugs the way I'm doing my drugs." But I'm just trying to get us this, as as fun as it sounds to say, "Let's stop talking about doing drugs." You know, let's I even hate the you. word drugs.
0: I, I guess I don't yeah, hate I, it. Well, I,
1: that's why we've been brought up is there's a lot of negativity surrounding it. You know, even cannabis today. It's legal, I still feel ashamed. It's just been beaten into the <laughs> oh. subconscious, you know what I'm saying?
2: Poor
0: Maurice, he feels uh, so ashamed.
2: I I really don't drink anymore. Um I, I have a beer here and there or a cocktail for the for the taste and the social. Um, Alcohol alcohol's
0: the worst so, drug. So Alcohol is a drug.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I agree and granted granted everybody out there who who's anti-pot is is you know, you can just hear people lining up. Oh, I don't for care. For their drug. Of, yeah, I don't either. But like um, you said
0: we've got a but, niche crowd here. We we've grown yeah. slowly. I'm not worried about the numbers. If we were doing that, I would have been saying crazy shit from the beginning. So Which we might have to
2: we did just, we I did just, actually say I crazy shit in the bad, beginning, but we
0: didn't know better, so that was the excuse
2: for that. So, <laughs> so you um you got the full arc of my spe- well the 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 full arc of that of the um how did your opinion change thing? All gains a, a, a serious foundation when I meet Luis Elizondo. Um, and a lot of people don't, don't know this, but um, the only reason I'm still here is because he and I are pals. And we have numerous irons in the fire together, lots of projects we're working on together. We spend a couple hours on the phone a week um, discussing these projects and, frankly, just wargaming everything that we can think of. Um, I know a lot of people, um, they want access to Luis Elizondo. They want to bend his ear. They want to get him in a skiff. They want to do all. Lou's got a life to live. Um, And Lou's done a lot for us already. And so going forward, I I don't know that Lou wants to sit down and play a thousand questions every time that there's work to be done and he has a nuanced understanding of what's going on that frankly being on the, on the, the interview circuit constantly is and, and doing some of these things is taking him away from work that he's keenly and uniquely able to do um, so meeting Lou brought a validation for me to this uh, and it's, it's gotten me to stick around Uh, I'm not going to lie. I tried to to quote unquote quit a couple of times because this got really weird. Uh, Having the phenomenon continue, um, re-engage and then retreat again, because it does come and go. There's aspects of it that people are going to learn about that that seem to uh, to move around from person to person. Uh, there are things, some of the things that, some of the interesting data that came out of Skinwalker Ranch, a lot of people aren't, not everybody is aware, but there were some people that had some lasting contact, uh, even after going home and contact that, um, that involved family members. And I think all of us, you don't, you don't have to be a cop or a military person to know that when you bring home the boogeyman, your family is not happy and neither are you, you know? Uh, whether it's a you know attention of enemy combatants or intelligence services or unknowns out there, um,
0: that's the one area I think I've been most skeptical of is the Skinwalker Ranch stuff. I've watched the Jeremy Corbell documentary. I've watched uh, the you know Skinwalker Ranch show on uh, History Channel. I'm not opposed to any of it. I don't see um, anything wrong with what they're doing. I just didn't see. I guess some of the things that were supposedly crazy is really anything different than what we're already kind of seeing in in other places. I guess that's just my opinion. Sure. Uh, I'm open to new things if some new revelation comes out and obviously we love metaphysical ideas and altered states and um you know I've even tossed around the idea that you know they did that show um uh Project Blue Book and in that show mm-hmm. uh they had on that episode where they talked about skinwalker ranch they had like an underground base and they were releasing this gas like a psychoactive gas and the the kid was having all these visions of the you know the skinwalker and everything uh but it was some sort of psychoactive thing so i guess what i'm saying is is you know obviously there have been native americans and indigenous people there long before we were here and you know there's like we mentioned plant medicines and shamanism and all these, uh, things. And who's to say that you can't tap into that altered state. Now, I think that what the whole gist is, right, is that this is a special, you know, magnetic, you're on some sort of, not necessarily a ley line, but something along the, where you're in some sort of vortex, right? Isn't that the whole basis? It's like some gateway to something.
2: Well, that's what everybody... Who's not involved and wasn't there says, "Yeah, that's the popular um, story that swirls around it." And then you have to move, take into account, um, as you said, the Native American uh, stories about the Skinwalker, uh, which essentially is a sh- is a shapeshifting shaman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where then that's where the ranch gets its namesake. But um, I would, without pointing out any specific weird events i would say two things if you can get a copy of the uh the report final report from skinwalker i'm sure we'd all love to see it it's still clap it's still nowhere to be found classified et cetera. however there is data to be gained and there are people to talk to like dr gary nolan and people like that who were out there originally and um again these are very very serious academics uh you get somebody like gary nolan we're not talking about a woo-woo guy He he doesn't talk about little green. He doesn't, he doesn't do any of it. We don't even need to go down the list of of, of silly names and things, but, um, what he does do is hardcore research. And one of the things that I found really interesting was that, and this has come up in discussions that I've had with, um, people like Steve McDaniel from Skyhub, um, people who are very, very technically oriented in their data collection, but not closed minded at all. um, but basically, the data collection they were getting at Skinwalker Ranch via um, technical means—you know, cameras and 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 sensors, etc.—was not as useful as the after effects that were present in the the experiencers and the witnesses. So, so they like, were well, like, able like a to dark
0: passenger do... type scenario, kind of a thing.
2: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm talking about. Um that if you were in the, so let me put it, let me say this, uh, let me use a metaphor of if something is in the vicinity of something that is irradiated, there will be evidence of radiation.
0: Oh, okay. I got uh,
2: you. That's an, so people became the test. The people became the, um, litmus paper. And we were, I shouldn't say we, I have no involvement. In the, I say we as you know the American government often because I was with the Navy for 20 years. Um, but they uh, were able to gain information based on the effects, the lasting effects on the people. And there, And I'm I can't get into the details of those because I don't know them. But there, there is more information out there on that. And I think that there's a lot to be said there. I think that it says that, <clears throat> and this is, this is the main reason that people who follow the, the articles that I write, or some of the things that I say about the nuts and bolts portion of the phenomenon, that um, there is an aspect of this that falls firmly under what the rest of us would call paranormal. Now, the people that seem to be studying this seem to be coming to a conclusion that there's probably no such thing as paranormal there are just edges to our perception and our the spectrum and what we're able to detect etc and then right. we bump into those things often but I still think that until we are able to give a, a pragmatic reason and I think again the UAPTF or people like Dr. Nolan or other uh, let's say veterans of some of these programs who are just coming out from under their NDAs, people like Hal off who well, I'm still waiting for him to really um, start talking.
0: Yeah, I haven't he's heard much from him, right?
2: Under an NDA, right. Um, and he's, he's a very, very private and serious individual. Um, this is not someone who's, who's prone to nonsense. Um, we're We need someone that's able to tell the people that these understandable things in the sky that may have other folks driving them is also linked to these things that we've been calling paranormal for a very long time through a shared medium. And that medium, whether you want to call it another dimension, hyperspace, um, the Akash, the astral plane... All of these different things that people want to pull in, granted saying the Akash is more akin to saying collective consciousness, but this medium seems to be the thing that these things have in common. That there seems to be something about the, the translation of some of these crafts, the ones that seem to stop being somewhere and then begin being somewhere in linear fashion later. Um, where were they in between? A lot of people are only making the leap to say, dang, these things are fast. Um, I don't think we always have evidence that there was a thing in between point A and point B. Hmm. So, and unfortunately, again, because of semantics and perception, all of us go, oh, bro, do you mean like hyperspace like in Star Trek? Well, it's a great metaphor for discussing something that someone doesn't have any math behind and I don't have math. Um but at the end of the day, not necessarily. Um that's it's it's but we're 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 missing the plot if that's where we stick to immediately. The first thing we need to go is wait, there's a somewhere else. (laughs) And all of the physicists I think both of us know will immediately tell you, Yes, well of course it is, but we can't do it that way because it's it's probably only the size of Planck time or Planck space and you know and uh zero point da da da. da no there's nothing to well, it Well, like all it's these
0: like... so-called extra dimensions too they're not spatial dimensions like when they do these mathematics for like string theory like sure. it's not necessarily there's like a manifold uh i think it's mm-hmm. like yao kalibi manifold where it breaks down time and space so it's not necessarily like how we think of you know 3d right. or whatever it's it's different um so what's happening like that that's where i start to think well is this where the mind comes into play? Is this where maybe that there's, you know, con, you know, consciousness is, um, playing off of these other, you know, I don't even know what you would call non-spatial, uh, dimensions.
2: I, I'm going to, um, I'm going to err on the side of, of, of belief for a minute. Um, and, and also I'm going to throw in a little, you know, gatekeeping too and say, uh, if you're a long time meditator and you haven't found the substrate yet and don't believe that you're more than this physical body, keep going <laughs> <laughs> because uh, i I can't escape that idea um i i can I can hide from it now if i want to i can um I can live wholly. In a normal, daily, pay attention to your family and the regular entertainment around us. And I hate to say mundane, but mundane existence. And day-to-day day consciousness is mundane.
0: Sat- it's okay. Go on. Yeah.
2: Gain, gain a great <laughs> deal of satisfaction out of out of chopping wood and cutting water. There you go. But there's a lot of folks out there that worry every day about chopping wood and carrying water. and there's some peace to be had in that and i think that we get each other you know what i mean we we we, we could probably talk offline for for 10 hours about some stuff we I'm did last
0: time it was the first time i talked yeah. to you i felt like i was should've
1: talking to a cam- should have kept the cameras
0: rolling yeah baby. we said some crazy shit i'm not gonna lie but i feel like i you know you're somebody i grew up with or something where we could just sit there and talk about and shoot the shit and we kind of get each other you know yeah um, um, but I guess, so the thing is with all of this stuff that we're talking about and and with the Skinwalker Ranch thing, the only thing that, that I'm like, is everything being tested? Like, meaning you're saying that there's maybe radiation, what like is, you know, weren't they testing nuclear bombs in that area? Is there any sort of fallout of that with like the uh, half-life of radiation still being around or anything, you know, in that regards? I mean, I, those are the things I think about because okay. you know, you know me, like I'm all about truth. I want... I'm all if it's crazy and there's a good explanation for it, I'm in let's let's figure some st- stuff out but when it comes to like things like that, it's not like I'm looking to like debunk it or anything but I want to make sure that when I believe something that I've exhausted all the other physical possible options you know what I'm saying because like I said
2: oh, no I do absolutely and that's why I think that people like Gary Nolan and the and the uh, the other uh, I think Colm Kelleher Another uh, really uh, another scientist that has just a great deal of respect behind his work that was out there, and um, George Knapp's video that he did, that uh, that uh, Jeremy Corbell helped him uh, helped him produce, um, utilized the majority of that footage, and we need that data. The rest of us who want that pragmatic understanding. That that you're looking for, we need to know what they found, and none of these guys are are calling bullshit. All of them are right. willing to talk about it to a certain extent, where 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 it falls into the legality or or where it behooves their career to an extent. Um, but we, we don't until you and I know all that data. I want to know. Okay, number one, I don't think it's as simple anymore, and I think we've all learned this lesson finally that none of these programs ended the way we said they did none of them okay every one of them got rolled into a new one um and and i'm being i'm I'm using blanket statements which isn't fair so let's just say a lot of them um i think we can assume that in general we never stop studying ufos Mm -hmm. um we couldn't be here today if we did. This isn't just a question of one neat video came across Lou's desk at a at a at a weird office at the Pentagon kind of thing. Hmm. Um, so, <sighs> I think I think one of the questions we need to ask ourselves is if if those are givens, if if we're if we're a country that's not going to give up intelligence that's useful if we're a country that's not going to give up resources that are useful and we never we never stopped studying this why don't why doesn't why don't we need to study skinwalker anymore and why can a private entity like brandon come in and buy it and have a tv show you have to ask yourself okay is this part of a narrative getting there right possibly good that's that's just how education works. All these people who think that educating the public is a conspiracy are jackasses, as far as I'm concerned. Right. <laughs> but um, the other portion of that you have to say is, wait a second, you get rid of something that's useful, right? Why they get why they get rid of it? Why don't they? Well, want, why doesn't you said did share?
0: They, but like, why would you share it with Russia or China at this point? I mean, they've they just didn't they just announce that they've weaponized space pretty much, you know? So like. Mm-mm. If we do have that. Well, stuff, last
2: year Russia, last year Russia announced that they had uh, they've taught all of their special warfare operators remote viewing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that was. Have you seen nice. that documentary Third Eye Spies? Um,
2: Very the, much. You know, yeah. Russell yeah, Targ and
0: Hal Putoff, Ingo Swan. I mean, Ingo Swan was probably the most prolific out of all of them. Um,
2: Ingo's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is my hero in a lot of ways. Cause we would have none of this without him. And I, I used to, I used to kiss Lou's ass. If I'd had more than a couple of beers, I just want to thank him. You know, thank you, bro. You know, right. not for you, here, man. And he's the first one to go shut up. And, and I, and I don't like it cause he, I don't like the, the attention, but he goes, it's all you guys. And, and I, I'm able to still take myself out of the conversation now and go, no, it's the other guys, man. <laughs> but, uh, right. that's, I get what he means because um, there are so many. If 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 not for Ingo, if not for people like Yuri Geller, which I know people are, are wrapped around the axle. They're they're gonna they're gonna poison part of my my beliefs because you know in their mind because of those names that I just said. Those gentlemen were were flamboyant. They were larger than life. They were artists. They were artists just like Tom DeLong is. You know what I mean? These are guys that, that, when they moved around, they commanded the space. And for a couple of them, for somebody like Yuri um, like Geller, sometimes he wanted to command a little bit more of the space than he should have, and his ego got in the way. And if you look back at folks like Ingo, he was a flamboyant dude. And when I say flamboyant, I'm just talking about how he, how he portrayed himself. You know, he was, he was very much um, someone who put on a show. He had the trust and eighteen hours a day attention of some of the smartest people you'll ever consider meeting in your life. Mm. And people that were willing to push boundaries around them that was costing them tenure, costing them money, costing them them, them their their livelihood and their viability within communities. And lucky for them, the government got interested, frankly. Because the private sector would have shut this down in a heartbeat and we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have a piece of this that said that consciousness may have a connection to this. Mm. And I'm only comfortable saying may right now. And I'm someone who's absolutely convinced consciousness is pivotal to this. this But
0: you, you do have the people, for instance, like, oh, you know, mentalists can show how Yuri was able to bend spoons without actual, you know, telekinesis or whatever and you have people that'll say oh we only did the remote viewing stuff because Russia was doing it and if they're doing it we gotta you know see if there's anything to it kind of a thing so I'm not saying I believe that I'm just saying that's what the the skeptics will say
2: well and and I'm willing to say that given the right training and actually not me but given the right training we can train people to remote view in a day with first timer effect I can get you to see a target for usually first time it's, off, it's pretty awesome. Hmm. But with enough training, we could teach hundreds of thousands of people to remote view. And let's be frank, after that, it's game over. Because if, if other people realize that just with a little bit of attention, intention, and relaxation, they can verify anything in history as long as they're willing to trust at least one other person.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm gonna. That's- I'm going to go out that of limb here is. and I'm going to back you up and say this during deep meditation, two things. And I, everybody that watches this podcast and listens to it knows I'm not really full of shit. I don't say things that aren't true or haven't been experienced. Two okay. things I've seen in deep meditation have come true in my actual life. One of them being a place that I moved that I envisioned, that I, I it, it, it's just very weird, okay? I, I, don't, I can't really explain it. And I'm not going to go too much into detail. And then the other thing had to do with an experience. And um, I don't know how to explain those things because I do meditate and I have seen weird things. I've seen like typical gray aliens and UFO stuff in, in meditation. And, you know, not I was just watching a movie on aliens or any, you know, anything like that. So these are weird things that I have experienced that I don't know why I'm seeing them. You know, I don't, I didn't ask to see them. You just, you try and blank your mind out. Or for me, I have a little bit of a different method. I'm not, you know, one of these traditional sit cross-legged and beads and chanting mantras I go into like a You l- fun of me, man? no 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 yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm just saying I'm not traditional in that sense I, I kind of no I know I know I if you go watch we, we did an episode on meditation and I describe step by step my practice and how it's an it's kind of a hybrid between my grandpa who was a visionary inventor and very fascinated with ancient Egypt his whole way he meditated and then I kind of riffed on that a little bit with tweaking a couple of things, maybe incorporating a little bit of cannabis oil. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Watch out now. But, uh, but yeah, so I've seen things. So I, I'm definitely right there with you. And I believe a 100% a lot of the stuff that you're saying, but I just want to um, make it clear that these are very weird and gray area topics that mm-hmm. there is no way to really back this stuff up because it is anecdotal oh. most of the time.
2: Let me put some money where my mouth is. Ooh! You've got this amazing app that you're looking to um, to to go live with sometime soon.
0: Yep. Indra's Web.
2: If what if I utilized the portion that we talked about me using for a remote viewing room?
0: I love it, hundred percent. You're in.
2: You you guys can be the ones that um that that set up the targets. Let's you do guys it. The, you, you guys manage the program. You guys give us yeah. Let's let's talk out Let's you uh, set up a simple protocol, and uh, we can establish some trust with an audience. Let's let's start re- remote viewing a little bit via Indra's web. And if we have success, we come back here and we talk about it. Absolutely.
1: Well, you heard it here first, You heard it here first.
2: I mean, uh, I, I've I've basically got the got the learner's permit manual for remote viewing so i'm willing i'm willing to drive this car off the road with whoever wants to go riding with
1: me. let's go oh, I'll, I'll i'll come with you i told you i
0: said whoever's listening that's important and in the right places just put us in a room with you know our choice of psychedelics and let us get to work you know seriously i'm yeah. not joking yeah. I, I i you were mentioning writing things down earlier and stuff i don't know if you do this but lately Anytime I have a psychedelic experience, I have these, like, profound thoughts, and I would always forget them Mm -hmm. after you come down. Uh, Some of them hang Mm -hmm. with you, like, more of the family and, like, love type things, but, uh, like, some of these, like, great thoughts that you have or, like, you think are profound, some of them aren't. Some of them, you come out of them, you go, I don't know where I was going with that, but some of them are, like, wow. Wow. I would never have thought of that in the day-to-day consciousness. And that's actually something I can put in my pocket and, you know, or hang my hat on or whatever. Do you do that? And if so, have you found it fruitful in incorporating in your, to your day-to-day life?
2: Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, I have some things that I do. I spent about six hours on the phone today, um, with various folks and when I'm able, you know, it's a COVID, changed everything right because of quarantine so we're, we're a house full of zoomers constantly and um but i spent a lot of time on the telephone and i i pace back and forth in my in my house but i, I don't, do I don't that pace. too i doing a I walk yeah.
0: yeah same here
2: i do a walking meditation very mindfully heel to toe um very very deliberate and plodding but at the center point where i'm walking roughly at the center point in my kitchen there's a there's a full-size whiteboard on the wall. Um, you know, if the, if the gr- door to the garage is open, it's occluded. But when it's closed, it's there. And under normal circumstances, it's you know um, notes back and forth to the family, a little bit of calendar stuff. Maybe the kids drew something on there. You know, just a, a, a whiteboard. But when I'm pacing, I'm stopping at it and I'm writing stuff down. And at the end, it's full. And I'm taking a picture and I'm wiping it. And, and I just keep pacing and keep walking, keep taking notes. And then later in the evening. I open them all up on my computer. I meditate, transcribe what I need to, you know, and I, I write it with my hands. Um, I find that to be, uh, I, f- I try to find as many connections to my right brain as I can. Mm. I try to give my intuition the ability, and that's what I've grown to call it. I've grown to think of myself almost because, we're, hey man, we're if we're going to be stuck constantly assailed by duality, in this universe well i'm gonna make it work for me and i'm gonna say that okay my intuition is my right brain and my my analytical side and the one that makes the most mistakes is my left brain and if i can i I stopped tricking my right brain a long time ago you know what i mean like a lot of us like and don't get me wrong not knocking anything but because I still utilize it sometimes, too, for a different effect. But cannabis is, is a way to get somewhere that our, our life maybe has a little bit too much static in it. Mm-hmm. And the amount of effort that it takes to lower that static just to get into a meditative state, I'm not knocking it, man. I don't knock it at all. Um, I think it's important that we get to, you know, to thine own self be true. you got to get to know yourself. And, and find out where your interior and exterior boundaries lie. So, um, for me, that kind of thing that in that intuitive, um, letting, letting my intuition be the captain when it's safe, that as much as possible. Mm. And, and, um, I, but a lot, I have friends that, that remind me, dude, you have a pension, you're retired, um, you know, you gotta, uh, you're able to talk easily. All of these things, you know, they say that, that I can, it, it's easy for me. And I say, I get it, but we all still got to learn this stuff.
0: Hmm. Um, Do you think writing it down to, I, I mean, cause I, I'm a big firm believer in writing something kind of binds you to it. It almost is a form of magic. Um, cause if yeah. nothing else, you're putting your intentions into it. So, uh, I will try and write things down. I should write things more than I have been lately. Now I've sometimes I switch to just typing in notes on my
1: phone. But uh, well, yeah. also in uh, tune with the, the cannabis. Sometimes we uh, we forget a little bit. You know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> the um, I love the idea that uh, every word or every everything you speak is a spell, and everything you write is a sigil. Yeah. Uh, you're just not aware of it.
1: Yeah, interesting.: yeah. You know,
2: um, you, when you write something, you created something, you altered the physical structure of the universe. Even if you just pus- pushed graphite on old wood mulch, um, you made a lasting thing. Uh, you gave that you created something. whether you like it or not, you rearranged atoms into something that didn't exist before. Well, when you say words you move the universe in a way that it hasn't resonated before. So,
0: yeah, you even look at like, uh, ancient Egypt, like Thoth, the scribe God, you know, like I think it, I, the way I think about it is when you look at the invention of hieroglyphics and that whole thing, that's a technology in itself. So when you're
2: four dimensional messages, each of them, yeah. right.
0: And, and when you, when you write the, or, you know, you're writing the hieroglyphics or you're reading or whatever, um, as you mentioned, there's like some sort of thing happening there with your consciousness. And obviously I think language and writing has had probably more of an impact on consciousness than anything else since the invention of mm-hmm. writing and um that whole thing. So um yeah, I think that there's a lot there. I, I really um I really think that we're, you know, as we're learning more and more and more, the weird thing is is like You know with science like you know we're talking about psychedelics like they're finally catching up and understanding that there's stuff there and now to get into the entity side of things even the academics that are studying these psychedelics are acknowledging that in the dmt realm there are these entities in high dose psilocybin realms there are entities in lsd you know there's these entities that people are encountering and they've done papers now there's been abstract studies done um, and there 's no real answer to what 's happening there i mean there 's speculation. some people think you 're communicating with your own subconscious, some people think you 're communicating with your gut bacteria and flora you know in terms of because all of our serotonins in our guts so, you know stuff like that
2: Where in the world did we get the same cartoon characters as archetypes of our psyche right why do why do we report the same congruent anecdotal experience under under certain um, substances, and while I'm will I'm willing to entertain skeptics who say that you know that this is local, that this is uh, you know it's produced in a in a neural network within my I'm open to it in my head yeah, um, but that still brings up a lot of questions because those are those are the people that again I got no problem with atheists or agnostics or anything else I just want to know what this energy is and what these things are I don't care what we call them Um, Not wrapped up in any of the semantics of it, but if we're gonna say that we're all, but it's not real shush, (laughs) come on, we're just we got to get past that. We we've you know um, why the point that we're at where we're where our academics will often say oh well just religion is just uh, uh, here here you know lay out the same argument and Mm -hmm. and they and while I'm not a fan of religion those things were. Those things grew up and, and continued for a reason. It, it's not the one that's here to say what those reasons are. But some of those religious systems lead you towards something larger. And some of them ask you to stay home and take other people's word for it. and. It's up to us to decide out of the twenty six hundred that people are practicing on the Earth today which one of those I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, but it's pretty simple, and I have to ask myself, and the academics have to ask themselves again with all of this mystery, all of these mysteries floating around around us that we're starting to acknowledge. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back before. Paradigm shifting new ideas changed the way we thought about everything. Let's go back to a time where people like Plato, some of the Egyptians, Solon, other philosophers, before philosophy broke away from science, when philosophers and scientists were in the same room having the same conversations together, these were the things that they were observing about the universe, these were the things that they were writing down. They were learning that our interior state a is the origin of our exterior action. And that you know, these things, if you follow these anecdotal things, we end up finding substrate and ground truth that doesn't require faith. It just requires action on the part of an individual. And then the group is there going, Yeah, water's wet. Right. The sun's bright. You don't have to take our word for it.
0: Yeah, I mean after you have the enlightenment period and then from there you start to see a lot of material monists and you know you mentioned the ancient Greeks and yeah all those people you know we've done episodes on ancient Greece you have the sophists who Plato warned people about who are people that are teaching you material facts and material sciences to win arguments and debates and influence and this and that and he warned everybody and and for that matter Socrates, Socrates did too by saying that Um, it's dangerous to not believe in some higher thing meaning that when we start to not believe in anything everybody loses their way nobody has any sort of compass and the people nowadays that would have what are they considered the new atheists or whatever when they claim that just being a human's enough and is it because a lot of those people are turds in my opinion too the way they look like i i look at those people give these debates and lectures and stuff and they sound so depressed and like self-loathing and it's like I don't see any virtue in that, and yes, virtue is knowledge, and it can be taught. You know, so
2: when I removed the mystery from my life, the only things left were material, and when the only things that I had in my life were material, the only thing I really cared about was dopamine.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Um, the only thing that has got me in my life to set the dopamine aside and um, and and serve others for lack of uh, triggering some folks. Um, it's the only thing that's given me satisfaction is serving others. Mm. I don't gain satisfaction any longer from any hedonistic uh, opportunity. Not to say that I don't partake in indulgence and things like that. But each time I do, I feel that the law of diminishing returns just keeps slapping the shit out of me. <laughs> and so, for me, it's it's all about service and spreading compassion and understanding now. That's how I get my due.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you, you're... but we, What what you're saying, I think, though, too, is like, let's say, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, when you smoked, you smoked out of this just to smoke or to get high or, you know, mm. kind of like what we're talking about now. And now you have a reverence for it. You understand You you are putting yourself in in an altered state that allows you to be uh, more aware, more perceptive, more in tune with things. And I think that that goes true for like a lot of things. I think that once you become aware or awake or whatever you want to call it of these things and whether it's a spiritual awakening or you had some weird experience or um, whatever the case may be, um, I think that you start to apply that to kind of everything and you look at life kind of in a different way and you have more, you know, reverence and respect. And uh, I love mainstream science stuff, but I love alternative things too, because I think that there's a lot of alternative, weird fringe things that don't get enough play that have a lot of validity to them. And I think that obviously we were talking about this earlier, there's a lot of bunk things that take away from that too. So it's kind of this whole seesaw thing happening and we're just trying to find the
2: truth well i'm an i run a dangerous game over here on this side of the screen because i deal in a world of um pragmatic science-based individuals and i spend a great deal talking about anecdotal self-referential and theoretical things and actually i wouldn't even say theoretical a lot of the things that I talk about are based solely in hypothesis and, and cool ideas folks have. Right. But um but I have contact with people who were able to to do the math. So I'm like that I'm like that dumb little brother who's like, yo, I invented a cell phone that drives your car. You know, and <laughs> I can't remember who I'm stealing the joke from, but, you know, and you're like, Oh really? Right. You invented that? And he's like, How does it work? Yeah, well you just get out your phone and it drives your car for you. I think right. it's a Z ansari, actually. So credit where
0: it's due. But, um, you don't need I to think... credit him. You can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> now that's comedy.
2: Well, I, I think that, uh, yeah, credit where it's due, yeah, none for him. Um, <laughs> I, I think, that, I think that, that if when we find ourselves, I, I think we've all realized that sometimes the guy that's going to build the thing doesn't know what the thing looks like he needs to be told. So. I think it's a, it's a team effort, but um, I don't want to alienate anybody with this stuff, and it's why I love your audience, but man, we got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. We got a long way to go to get people to think for themselves without having to set another person on fire, or demonize a whole school of thought, or or, or, or totally end the argument for half the room. Because at this point, look, we know based on the numbers in this country, half the room disagrees, period. You might you might get into a niche area where the whole room agrees with each other, but you probably right. handpicked all the people that are in there. So let's all step back for a minute, especially on these bigger subjects, and, and start looking for the common ground so we can get to them together. And mm. I guess that's the thing that I I'm just dying to get some to get somebody like me across the table from somebody. I use him as a scapegoat, but somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson, and start asking hard questions that that I'm pretty sure that his background (laughs) doesn't have the ability to give a real answer without, you know, looking around for for validation uh, on isn't Cahill crazy. So that's that's a i'm putting my foot in my mouth probably because i don't know if i can keep up with these guys you'd be better off i think approaching
0: michio kaku i think he's kind of on board with this stuff
2: i can well i can say this i can't tell you who is producing it but i a year and a half ago i filmed a a documentary that michio is in uh, as well as a few other people really looking forward to see how it's edited and how how it because I know for a fact that the things that I had to say were very different than what Dr. Kaku and, and some of the other folks in there had to say. And I don't mean that in a, I'm not looking to scrap with them. I'm really looking to see how this comes out. Because I know that Dr. Kaku is very, of anyone I've seen, he's open-minded to go, mm, these cats seem to have something here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? he's, he's so. got the
0: hair for it, that's for sure. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um. You mentioned that this is like a long road and it's almost like the way I look at like enlightenment, if there is such a thing. And, you know, you get fleeting moments if you're kind of on the path or whatever. But um, I look at it almost like Zeno's paradox, the one where you get, you know, halfway and it keeps getting split and cut down and cut down. And eventually we know modern science, you're going to get there. But that's the kind of way, you know, like the paradox aspect of it is the way I look at enlightenment. Well, you're never going to get there. You're always going to get like halfway, halfway, halfway. It's always going to get cut down shorter and shorter and shorter.
2: Yeah. I feel like every hurdle I jump over gets taller and farther apart.
0: Mm. Yeah. And Uh, when you learn something new, kind of either debunks other things you were thinking and opens new doors to other things. And that's, this whole thing's just an evolving picture. That's the, you know, if, you know, I was who, I forget who I was messaging with, but I said, you know, you can't stop doing research and you can't rely on if you wrote a book five years ago, it's probably already outdated. You have to keep moving. And when you, your curiosity dies, so does knowledge. You have to just keep going. There is no end to this thing.
2: I think you're absolutely right. And that's, you know, I mentioned I spent six hours on the phone today with a few people, and that's because I'm in dangerous territory right now. Um, I mentioned on Twitter something that sparked a lot of people's interests—that uh, I had closed my personal investigation. And I mean, as as a 20-year cop, that's that's what's up. If I'm interested, I open up an investigation. Get out a yellow pad, get a blue folder, mm-hmm. and pretend I'm the skipper and and the and the chief. And I did that for a couple of years. And granted, I had someone to go back to and to bounce things off of um, who had really good insight. And we're talking about Lou, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and no, he sometimes he's got to completely sometimes he does completely ignore a question or something like that. But it's never out of a out of disrespect. Sometimes he ignores things that are uh, he knows I'm never going to poke him for things he's not allowed to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am allowed to um, have conversations. I'm allowed to talk. I'm allowed to. Uh, and when I say allowed, uh, these are my rules. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lou, Lou, would tell me, ask me whatever the hell you want to, and I'll. So tell you, you don't have a neural.
0: Don't you don't have a neural it. net at this point.
2: Well, no, I wouldn't call it that. I mean, I mean, you know, the, <laughs> whole, the whole PK thing. Yeah, you know, we kind <laughs> <with. laughs> Um. No, no, man and i'm I'm, I'm I, as of right now I'm a luddite as far as any of these neural implants go. Uh, um, <laughs> so so i'll I'll come out as a luddite and and a and a purveyor of psychedelics but uh but I'm not down with putting the chip in my brain yet. I need to see some other folks have have a good time with that first
0: psychedelics is a technology in a sense. And actually I told you I wrote, I write stuff down. I'll just share. I'm not going to share too much, but I'll share one insight was from a recent psilocybin um, experience. Let me pull it up here. I said, uh, okay, so nobody knows why mushrooms produce psilocybin. Like there's no answer for that in science or academia or anything. I think there's speculation, But I had a thought that (laughs) these things are technology and some people speculate maybe they hitched a ride on a comet, panspermia, whatever. But if you look at like what they do to you and what they are, wouldn't it be weird if that's the technology? It's helping us transform ourselves to save the planet and, you know, at very least maybe protect them as a species, meaning that they're giving this thing off to make us nicer, better people. So we won't destroy them. That was the thought I had. And I thought when I came out of it and I read that, I'm like, well, that actually makes sense in some regard. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could give, I'm sure there's people out there that have theories, you know, materialist theories, but I thought, I don't know. I, I felt like that was kind of a weird, cool thing.
2: I think that we're definitely regardless of whether you're you're someone who's going to pick up Terrence McKenna's ideas that we were running around eating, you know, cow patty mushrooms and blowing our minds out on this on the savannah, Or maybe that was uh
0: No, that's it. Food of the gods, Terrence McKenna. Dog. Yeah. No, you're right.
2: Okay. Uh, okay. Um whether you whether it's it, you know whether that's the metaphor you're going to use, and again, I think these are all metaphors. We went there. We're, we're doing our best, but the connections are undeniable. Um, there's there's there. I think you're absolutely right when you say technology. You're correct, hundred um, percent. I, I think that using pop culture, Star Trek Discovery is just ridiculously adventurous to include the Spore Drive. To, and to have have that guy named Stamets, I mean, man, dude, Paul amazing. Stamets is awesome. Paul <laughs> and,
0: Stamets, if you don't know who that God. is, go check him out. The dude even wears a, a hat he's made out of a mushroom. He's got yeah, a he's yeah, got a mushroom yeah. fedora. Just yeah. go check him out.
2: That that dude's gonna save the world. He's gonna save the bees, and you're gonna you're, gonna, you're probably never gonna learn his name. So yeah, go check him out. Um, these things to me are are an existing technology, and I want to bring in somebody who, uh, he's a polarizing voice, um, but he's brilliant. And I'm going to say right off the bat, because I'm going to have to, because he's hes seen some adversity. Um, his name is Jason Reza Giorgiani. He's a, um, I believe he's an American or American of Iranian or or, or Persian descent. And I, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone by by putting those, those two words in the same sentence, because I'm not sure the distinction for Mr. Giorgiani. Um, now, I have to say, because of the talk that I'm going to mention, uh, one of them with Jeffrey Mishlove, and another whom I'm, I'm sorry that I don't remember the co-host with, but he gets into some of his politics about um, futurism that I find personally abhorrent, um, about what he the the ideas that he draws for a capitalist future, but they are in step with his personal politics. So I'll leave that aside. Mm. But let me say that leading up into that point where we diverge, he discussed something that I found to be absolutely stunning in its simplicity, but and also it's it's um, how complicated it really makes things. And he discusses two revolutions that were that were on the that, that are dawned upon us one of them he calls the singularity which most of us are familiar with the technological singularity of some kind but the second thing that he discusses and he's the first time that i've heard a mainstream academic of his caliber whether he's in the doghouse right now for his politics or not mention something that he calls the spectral revolution and what he is discussing there is the information coming up the government and the private sector expanding the spectrum and understanding what we call the paranormal and expanding our minds to accept these programs like remote viewing channeling and other things and the that those two things that technological singularity which i can say is let's call it say it's represented in the public by elon musk and his and space and and his his, um and then you've got let's pick sadguru. okay Mm. the the indian mystic and head of the isha foundation let's call him let's let's put him on the team that is the the spectral revolution that wants people to sit on their butt look inward and find their connection to all that well the technological singularity is looking to bring us connection to the By saying we are the only all. Let's connect to each other with it. Utilizing a technological means. Well you and I have got. This other means of technology. Sitting in between the two of them. That guru is not going to tell anybody. To go do psilocybin. He's going to say go meditate. Go do yoga. Well you know. um, Elon. Well you know. He'll pretend to inhale a joint. I don't know what his views are on, on psychedelics. And he wants me to put machinery in my brain. Well I've eaten the mushrooms, and I've meditated. So
0: Something tells me I he's do probably done. So I bet you he's done. I bet you he's done LSD. If I he's done anything, so. I think he's probably done LSD. All those tech guys are micro-dosing LSD and taking LSD and... Uh, There's like a uh, you mentioned flow state, and we've had Adam, our buddy Adam Bramlage on. We're talking, you know, microdosing and psilocybin and LSD, and yeah, it seems to be a way to get into the groove uh, for sure. So I don't, I'm not saying for sure I think he's done it, but I, I, if I had to guess, I would say that
2: I throw five on it. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Let's get a pool going. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, the whole technology thing, I think is. To me, I don't know why we're so on this track. Like it's almost like it's inevitable. It's like this—you know where it's uh, going—and I don't like it. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I I, 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 I don't. I'm not. I'm Uh, indifferent. But but, no, but I'm indifferent. I, I actually, I don't, I don't not like it. But it's just like we don't even know what's going on now without that. Maybe that'll help us figure things out more. I guess I'm open to that, but. Uh, you do open the door look at what's going on with the internet the, the internet's been pretty much weaponized and you've got all sorts of heuristic rhetoric and people arguing without any going after truth and nobody gives a shit about truth it's just who can win the argument or who's got the better post or you know so mm-hmm. like I don't I'm not hopeful in that regards I think we need to kind of take a step back and just kind of work with what we have now and kind of settle into that and then you know I think you can go too fast I think that we're at yeah. some weird point in humanity. Yeah. The last two hundred years, where it's exponentially, uh, technology is exponentially accre- increased, and our understanding of things is exponentially increased. And I think that, um, you know, I don't know. I think we just need to take a couple steps back.
2: Yeah, I do. I, I never thought if you told young Sean, who you know was watching Star Wars and Star Trek and all, and reading Larry Niven and, and Heinlein and all of these other things. If you had told him that when he was in his middle age, he would be considering telling people to throttle back on technology and to slow down a little bit, I wouldn't have believed you. But I want to know more about what us being on a neural network, um, mental internet together is going to be like, um, before it's there. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna be, if I turn it on, am I gonna be plagued with 8 billion people's monkey mind? You know, 7.9 billion of those people that don't know what the concept of monkey mind is. Mm-hmm. Um, and haven't, you know, cause most folk, I, I, this, is, this isn't fair, cause I don't know what anybody's interior mental state is like. But based on the conversations I've had, most people just got that running shit show going on and they're just dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's going to do. I guess that's that's the thing is that does the guy with the mental shit show what what's it going to do if we turn? I don't know, man. I guess I, there's so many I don't knows. And right. I was listening to Lex Friedman talk to someone about this technology. I love day, Lex and I was I think just he's like, man. super good. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a good yeah. he's a
0: good interviewer. I like his questions. It's kind of a you know, along the lines of stuff that I would ask. And he's not afraid mm-hmm. to get out there a little bit too and even asks some of these serious academics like crazy questions and they're almost like thrown back wow. at times and don't know what to say and I, I like that keep them on their toes
2: yeah yeah he's no punk man I really like that dude um we've got so much ahead of us and I think you can dig that That this conversation starts and begins in the first five minutes with the word UFO mm.
0: Well, yeah. we haven't even mentioned UFO, in probably. Yeah, I was an say, hour now. To bring it yeah. right
2: back. Well, yeah, because it ended a while. But that's but that's thinking. why I think
0: that's why we communicate so well because we don't look at UFOs as this one thing that you you know like when I look at UFOs, I think about big picture things and like our podcast. The reason why we talk about the mind and all these different things, everything runs through our consciousness, right? So everything. Yeah. We talk about on the show is psychedelics altered states ufos psychology science, you know it all runs through our processing and i think that when you look at um the whole ufo thing i think there's people that look at it for what like you mentioned like nuts and bolts and this is what it is and it's aliens from a different planet or this or that and i don't look at it like that because i think you're pigeonholing yourself immediately you don't even know what it is nobody has clear you know evidence in terms of yeah we've got the FLIR radar uh, videos yeah we have you know your experiences and other people in the military's experiences and we have lots of credi credible people over time you know a lot of people that come forward and whatever but at the same time you can't bring that to a science lab or bring that into a classroom and be like here this is what's going on because it's so weird and we don't know what's going on so I think that that's why we have these conversations and we can talk and talk and talk forever because I think we understand each other in the sense that there's so much more to this and like metaphysics and metaphysical realms. And you know, this, you know, I think that all these things you mentioned Jacques fillet and like passport to Magoni and like that kind of stuff. I think that all this stuff kind of ties back together. And um, I think that uh, that's how you have to look at it in my opinion. And I think that you're kind of on a similar path.
2: You and I say this to each other a lot, and sometimes uh, Maurice says something too. But um, I'm busting your chops as usual. Uh, (laughs) We... um... Sorry, my stupid little joke. And welcome back to
0: Mind Escape with Mike and Sean. So Maurice
2: guys. is kicked out. Happens, bro. You rip on me. You Man, I was in the shower, and I was going to zing you, but as soon as we came out of that, I was going to say, I need some more of enlightened Maurice, or else I'm going to start treating you like Jamie, and I want to see some of that Ooh. beautiful bean footage when we're talking about it. Yeah, it. Uh...
0: My boy Maurice has really grown into his shoes lately.
1: I'm just sitting back and listening, man. I enjoy the... I enjoy the lessons sometimes, you know what I'm saying?
2: I I enjoy watching your road trips. When you, when you get in your car and you go somewhere and you do something cool, I like oh, watching nice. that. All Cause right, I, well. cause that's how I've gotten to know you, man. Yeah. Um,
0: Mr. Vibrations.
2: I, love, <laughs> I, appreciate, I, <laughs> I appreciate you guys so much. Um, that, that little bio line on Twitter, I think I, I leave mine erased most of the time. Because um, I personally like chastise myself when I go to write anything witty or something like that there. Right. Um, but for a while there, I just had reality theorist, and I, I like that because I, I'm not a ufologist. I don't even think I'm an investigator anymore per se. I sit around trying to figure out what's real and what's not, and I go all over the map with it. I'm willing to consider things that most people aren't. I've considered th- some things that have in some ways taken me to the boundaries of sanity. Um, but I, I think that the way that we're doing it is the way that we're going to have to get to the re- specialists are going to find the math and compartmentalized or, 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 or disparate units are going to find the macro ideas but human minds have to cast the net that pulls it all in together and creates it into our reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, physics is physics alone. Uh, and physics is nothing without math. And math is nothing without a need to share or divide. So, all of these things, they're the entirety of our existence is fractal everything originates at a level beyond or or extends beyond very few things are finite and Mm. we have to be willing to cast a very wide net as wide as indra i suppose um but we gotta get everything man we gotta be willing to
0: yeah, no, let's let's actually wrap it up there. Would you mind doing like another 10 or 15 minutes for our uh, patrons so. on our Patreon? Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you summed it up perfectly there. I think that um, when we look at this whole thing going forward... You know, I look to people like you and Luis Elizondo and, you know, I like UFO Twitter and I think people are really, really in tune with things on there. And, you know, some people are specialists and little aspects of it. And I like reading the feeds and uh, looking at what people are doing. And, yeah, you get naysayers and nonsense and you get, uh, you know, people polluting the waters and stuff like that, too. But, I mean, it is what it is. So um, and we
2: should disagree. And we should challenge each other. And if somebody pops off and says something they shouldn't or hurt somebody's feelings, well, damn it, apologize and then come back tomorrow.
0: Right. I do think it is one of the better communities, though, I've seen as far as uh, people not necessarily attack. I mean, yeah, there's some of that, but it's very rare. And usually people make up, you know, become cool with each other, you know, once again. So. Um, yeah,
2: I'm I'm chastising a group of relatively well-behaved individuals, so.
0: Yeah. Well, look, you got to, I mean, if a topic like this that's sensitive and that's been poo-pooed and demonized for so long, I think that you kind of, everybody has to kind of keep each other in check, right? You don't want to get out too far out there and, uh, you know, get lost in space, so. And, but, and this, it's
2: muddy. You got your bots, yeah, but.
0: listen man i really appreciate it as always you're super thoughtful i think you're really in tune with what's going on i think that i like your point of view on these subjects uh more than most and um again i think that everybody's just gotta keep chipping away and i'm excited to see what you get your hands into and this documentary that you said is coming out and all this other stuff. And I know that there's supposed to be some news coming out soon at some point. And I look forward to it all. And I love your posts too. So if you don't follow him on Twitter, go, go check him out at Minty hyperspace. And, uh, you know, he, he's not one of these people that just posts to post you. I think you have really well thought out posts and, uh, I appreciate that. So
2: thank you thank you your uh, your evidence that you're picking up the message i'm trying to lay down i appreciate that that's there's nothing more validating or heartwarming than knowing you're heard by another human being mm. and uh, i feel like you guys hear me i feel like we're, we like we speak to each other and we listen to each other we don't just wait for a chance to to get our our uh, our agenda out there yeah, i love yeah. you guys yeah, got to get these rocks here. off you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Well, listen, man, let's let's do this Patreon. So if anybody's interested, I'll probably post it up there later tonight or first thing in the morning. But we're about to jump over to our Patreon. If you're interested, you can go to patreon.com slash mind escape podcast for just $2 a month. We have exclusive content and episodes on there. Um, and yeah, uh, I really appreciate it. Everybody go check out, like I said, his Twitter profile at Minty hyperspace. He has a website as well. I have the link down below the video. Uh, check us out at mindescapepodcast.com. We have all links on there. So if you like watching on YouTube, but you want to listen on uh, one of the audio platforms, we're on all audio platforms as well. And, uh, that's it we love everybody and uh listen man we love you thank you again for coming on and sharing your time with us and uh we'll catch everybody next time peace thanks
2: to your audience too thanks guys